breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty in studio with Shreveport Police Chief Wayne Smith. Good morning, Chief. Good morning, ladies you, and gentlemen. You've had kind of a busy week. I have. Well, the last you've had couple several weeks. Week. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and of course, we had an incident earlier this week, uh, a, a tragic situation. Are, is there any more details you can share about the the suspect? We know we know he ended up dead. We're talking about Crooked Creek, yes. South Shreveport, the where shooting. he holed up in a house. Standoff and uh, two people wounded, and the suspect apparently did. Now this wasn't his house, is that correct? That is correct. Uh, this was domestic uh, to some degree because he and the ones who actually lived there were very familiar with each other, or you know had had a relationship in the past or something of that nature. But he went armed, very much so. Uh, this was a really horrific uh, event. That's that really, uh, you know, earth-shattering everything that went down. Uh, he went there with the intent to harm someone. It was quite obvious uh, by the amount of ammunition that he had with him uh, and the actions that he took when he got there. Uh, of course, <clears throat> we had the advantage of watching some of the ring camera videos and other things that uh, told us what he'd done when he got to the residence. This was uh, an unbelievable operation uh, for public safety. It was a very strategic-led, uh, very difficult uh, situation uh, to handle, to respond to. Uh, I can't thank all of our area uh, partners in law enforcement enough for coming out, lending a hand. It was a combination of everyone's effort and uh, modern technology that really, really helped us to neutralize the threat. You, you guys were able to use robots, drones inside the the, the home? That is correct, and the uh, assailant shot the drones down. But yeah. while they so you lost like, a couple of drones yes, in the did. incident? Yes, we did. Explain to me, man goes to the house of an estranged girlfriend, I guess. Yes. Um, shots are fired, then a neighbor comes over? That's Is correct. that accurate? That's correct. Were shots fired inside the home? He was already inside? Outside. He was outside, and yes. he's firing shots just into the home? Into the home, yes. And a neighbor wow. goes over? Yes. Take it from there. After shots were fired, the neighbor went over? It's, I don't know what at what point all of that took place, but a neighbor did engage him. Uh, two neighbors, as a matter of fact. Uh, one was one that he shot, mm -hmm. uh, and he is expected to recover. And another neighbor came out and uh, engaged him, and they exchanged gunfire before he made his way inside the residence and barricaded wow. himself in. Did he have to break into the home, or did he have a key, or do we know? Uh, it's believed that he forced his way in uh, to the residence. Okay, and how many people were in the home? Was it a woman and two children? Uh, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I believe that is correct. Mm -hmm. And uh, a couple got out. And the 13-year-old did not make it out. She remained inside. And she was shot twice, is that correct? I'm not sure how many times, but she was uh, uh, injured. Yes, she was She shot. was hiding, is that right? That she was is. in the home hiding, and that's why they didn't get her out. That is correct. Okay. Well, okay. He, he, 
Yes, that's correct. How did you guys get her out? What what? How did you go in to, to recover her? Well, uh, a lot of things took place. The drones actually gave us a little bit more intel. Uh, there was other technology that was used to locate uh, exactly where she was in the residence. Uh, there again, uh, equipment was used uh, to make a hole into the house exactly where she was, and our team did extricate her out of the house. You had guys fire. go in while an armed guy is in there shooting at them. They That's went the, in and pulled her out. That is correct. God bless them. And oh. she is uh, expected to make a full recovery also. Okay. We're so happy. Details on the suspect? I don't know uh, yet. The, uh, evidently, the remains is at uh, the coroner uh, doing the autopsy, and as soon as the coroner gives us that report, we'll know more. Chief, had you had any dealings with this suspect or this house or this area because of this gentleman? I call him a gentleman loosely. Mm-hmm. None that I none that I know of in that area, and there again, you know, until the the coroner makes that positive identification of the remains, who won't be able to tell exactly much about them yet. Do you have an idea, or just waiting on confirmation, or you no idea who the guy is? We're waiting on confirmation from okay. the coroner's office. Yeah. Chief, I have a dear friend who's in that area, um, who told me she saw police cars being towed away. As if they had been shot. Or did you have police cars also damaged? I am not sure. Uh, there was a lot of houses and vehicles that was damaged uh, around the area where that took place. I did see where they were hauling out one of Bozier's Bearcat. Yes, it did get shot uh, several times. Wow. Uh, that armored tires, vehicle. windshield. Yes, it did get hit several times. Sure did. Wow. Absolutely. You you took a little heat for why don't we have a bear cat? Can you explain that? Why did we have to borrow Bozier's bear cat? You got one on the way. Is that I right? I was just on the way. It was ordered in February of this year. And uh, just recently we checked on the status of it. And it is in the build process. So within a few months, one should be delivered to us. A lot of that stuff has been back ordered because of the supply chain. You've had issues getting patrol cars, et cetera, right? Uh, absolutely. You, you are so correct. Uh, as technology evolves, we got to evolve with technology uh, to be able to, you know, do our jobs effectively. I know the sheriff donated the Batmobile. Is that what y'all call the 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 big SUV? I mean, not SUV, uh, RV. It's an RV. Yes. Yeah, that was purchased uh, at some point or another, I believe, by the Louisiana Highway Safety uh, Commission uh, to bring emphasis to. Uh, distracted drivers and impaired drivers so mm-hmm. uh we are now taking possession of it and going to be using it uh for that purpose in our city can you stick with us i want to talk when we get back about the negotiations with this man i mean sure. how how close y'all negotiated with him sure did you make any headway obviously not we'll talk about that when we get back Mike okay. mccarty in with uh shreveport police chief wayne smith in studio what One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with Shreveport Police Chief Wayne Smith. Chief, I would like to ask you about the negotiation process with this gentleman. Did you actually you have a gentleman? Right, I should with the suspect. Did you have contact with him via telephone? Um, did y'all talk to him? And what was the result of that? Obviously, it didn't end well. 
initially there was communication uh, with him uh, inside the resident. Uh, our operations are very complex. They're strategically uh, led uh, with a mission uh, to neutralize the threat and bring about safety uh, to everyone. So there was communication with him early. And uh, Do I understand they tossed a phone into the house? Is that for him to y'all be able to talk to him? Sometimes that is the case, and sometimes we find other means, such as find the telephone number of the resident or that person's cell phone. There's many different ways that communications takes place with did you, someone. Did you make any headway with him? Did they think they were making a little headway with him, or, or it was kind of futile the whole time? Well, the, the entire time, uh, and keep in mind that we're trained to, uh, you know, be very cautious and it was quite obvious that uh, to him it appeared to be uh, a death mission, and he may have been trying to lure us uh, closer to him or in closer proximity to him so he could assault one of our officers. But there never was really uh, much belief uh, along the way that uh, he would give himself up. Do we know, Chief, uh, what agitated him from jump? Do you have any idea? No, I don't know uh, at this point, and we'll never know but one side of the story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it accurate that he fired on officers numerous times during that morning and then also fired on firefighters when they arrived to put out the fire? Uh, yes, I would say that is correct. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the first initial responding officers that got there, uh, he fired upon them. Uh, I was there for the entire event. And as the event unfolded, it was so uh, frightening to hear uh, bullets ricocheting from, uh, you know, structures around you coming from the suspect himself. So he fired upon all of us. High-powered rifle? What, what can you tell us about what he was armed with? Well, he... He had uh, quite an arsenal of ammunition there with him, uh, and I'm not sure because the investigation is still underway uh, if there were more than one weapon used, but he had a considerable, very considerable amount of ammunition with him. Now, we know he died at the scene. Was it self-inflicted gunshot wound? Did he burn? What happened? And how did the fire start? Uh, the fire was started from inside the residence. Uh, that was quite obvious. Uh, while we were there on the scene because smoke began to come from the inside of the resident. There was nobody in there but him. Uh, so I'm not sure what all took place in the house, but the fire took started inside the resident, mm -hmm. and uh, the suspect himself was inside. Do we know if he shot himself, though? Uh, until the coroner releases his report, I won't know exactly what the cause of death was. Did y'all... Someone also told me that you guys may have set off like a flashbang of some sort in the house. Do we know about if that happened at all? We we uh, had a lot of distraction devices that was used uh, on the exterior of the house. I'm not sure about the inside. Okay. These kinds of situations... Hard to predict where they're going to pop up around the city. This well, is probably impossible. You can't. You, you, yeah. There's no way to. Th this is a kind of pretty quiet area in South Shreveport. Absolutely. Um, and when we looked, we see 30, 40, 50 officers on the scene out there. That is correct. Where are you getting all these officers? And I, I'm, I'm like, you must have called everybody in that you had available. That was a very conservative amount uh, because, as I said, thanks to our area partners, 
uh, once the call went out, other agencies began to come in uh, to assist us. So not all of what you saw were SPD officers. And uh, I also want to thank those many officers who got the call that came into duty early because there were so many officers out at this scene. Many, many officers, officers came to work early uh, to make sure that our city uh, was covered. And, and other areas were patrolled. Mm-hmm. Everybody wasn't at this one location. That is correct. Obviously, we know that. That is, yeah. that is correct. Uh, I know of at least 12, 15 officers uh, that were called and came to work a shift early to make sure that our city were covered. Thank you so much, guys and girls. Let me ask you this. This is probably a question you may not be able to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How close did we come to an officer being shot. I mean, if you, if multiple times y'all have people being sh- officers being shot at, how close did bullets come flying at your officers? I can recall one officer uh, that was positioned by another house uh, by the air conditioning unit, and uh, a projectile struck the air conditioning <sighs> unit that he was behind. So I would say oh. very very close. And uh, while I was there, you could hear his bullets ricocheting all over the place. So all of us at any time or anybody there could have been struck by the assailants. Uh, Did your, any uh, of your officers have to return fire at any point? I mean, could you get a, a beat on him at all to shoot at him? To my knowledge, uh, other than the initial responding officers, uh, we never had a good, clear uh, uh, view of him. Mm. Uh, just a frightening morning. I'm, you know, it went on for what five hours? Uh, at least uh, it started somewhere just before the, seven a.m. Yeah, the first call, right? Six fifty-seven, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I, I left the scene about one, so pretty much up until then, it, it was long and drooling. Uh, folks were <coughs> tired, exhausted, and you can just imagine in this heat condition, uh, people that were, uh, you know, fully geared up. Mm-hmm. Uh, how miserable they Your were. Your guys all had on bulletproof yes, vests, absolutely. I assume. Everyone out there all did. Okay, us. good. Yes, yes. Chief, uh, unbelievable that nobody was hurt. None of your officers. We're grateful, anyway. yes. Yeah. We're, we're so well, so thankful. Uh, and I appreciate everyone so much for maintaining their professionalism, uh, exercising uh, what they've been taught uh, in our business. We train, we train, we train, we train. Uh, to be able to react to mm-hmm. uncertain situations. One last thing: anything new on the Jones Mabry? Have we close to an arrest on in there up that way? I didn't. I know we didn't tell you we were talking about that this morning. So the investigation is ongoing and progress is being made. Good, good. We look forward to more news on that too. Shreveport okay. Police Chief Wayne Smith, thank you so much for coming in. Absolutely, praying for you guys. One hundred one seven.
1017 FM 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty. Mike is out. Ruben is here and Ruben is the hip one in the room. <laughs> and I, you know, I've, I've slept on an air mattress before. All You've right. probably slept on an air mattress. Yeah. I slept uh, exclusively on an air mattress for a couple of years. <laughs> Ruben. I was broke. No wonder you walk funny. <laughs> what happened on an air mattress in Shreveport that has gone so viral and so crazy. What <laughs> what the hell happened? So it's one of these things where people are kind of making a bigger deal out of something than they should, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a funny and weird thing that happened at a um, a local dance club. And I mean, it's it's out there. It's it's Ernie's er, mm-hmm. er, Ernie's uh, over on Centenary, and so Ernie's is a is a place since they opened uh, has been you know kind of exclusively like a dance and techno music and hip hop oh. type okay. joint. All right. Uh, so typically on a weekend, or I think I I don't know if this incident happened on the weekend or on Monday. I I don't know when it happened, but Ernie's is typically a place you go and do your dirtier faster kind of dancing ah okay it is it, i mean it just is that's where and, i take my twerking okay? right right yeah, okay. exactly all right it's, it's a torque joint okay <laughs> <laughs> and so what happened i saw the videos is some somebody brought a, an air mattress onto the dance floor i don't know if they brought it in inflated i don't know if they inflated it while they were in there but People basically started doing some really kind of dirty, sexy dancing, partially involving a mannequin. Um, and on, a monkey? On the dance floor. I think. I, I a monkey too? I don't think the monkey was actually from that night. Okay, good. Thank I don't. I think okay. the monkey was a different okay. thing. <laughs> but yes, there was a video where there was uh, some ladies dancing with, with a monkey crawling. Were, were appendages popping out? There was uh, there is some some yeah. <laughs> we gotta take a break. <laughs> from, some, just from some of the pictures I saw, but yes, if if you're wondering, oh. that's what it's all about. That's that's the gist of it, basically. Is some dirty dancing went on on mm-hmm. an air mattress in a club. Okay, you can see more keelnews.com. Not the dirty videos. I don't no, think we put those no, up, no. but uh, you can see the whole story right there on the website or on the Keel app. Yep. Mike and McCarty, I'm sitting here on my air mattress as we speak <laughs> right now. It's comfy. Did you get Did you get the air mattress I got for you too? Yes, thank okay. you so much for the air mattress. We're We're now broadcasting from air mattresses. <laughs> I guess that's hip. I'm, am I a hipster now? Yep. You don't want me hipster. dancing in a bar on an air mattress. Nobody does. Oh man, nobody uh, not, does. Not the kind of dancing they were doing, especially. No, but I could, I could twerk. Can you? I could. You'd throw your back out. 
that that would happen, and um, and the seismograph would go off somewhere in Jefferson, Texas, or something like that. Oh God! We were sit down, Chica. We have like two minutes. Yeah. Um, right one there. of those microphones. We were talking about your article on the air mattress. The videos we can't put up, correct? No, 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 no. Are no, they? No, I mean, no, do no, things? Absolutely not. Do girls fall out? And stuff yes, like that. Yes. We see the, the 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 girls. We do. Okay. It, <laughs> listen, um, it is probably one of the most intense videos. I showed I showed the videos to a couple of people. Yeah. And they can't watch the full video. <laughs> like they're like, oh, all right, take man. this crap off my. Like it, they get so. But listen, I think it's hilarious the fact right. that. An air mattress was able. Somebody just walked That's, into a bar mm-hmm. and said, and the security guards go, "All right, yep, cool." Like, I get yeah. it. I still miss the days of like when you'd go to a party, right? And they'd have jump houses. I get it. Like as an adult, we don't have that Let's anymore. Have some fun stuff right? to do. Like, yes, I want to jump too. I like but, foam parties. I love all that stuff. I mean, but it, you know, how many air mattresses do you need to bring in? You know, to make it a jump house. And was it brought in or did the bar put it out there? No, no it was no, brought in. It was somebody okay. brought it in. Absolutely. I, I think what's hilarious, though, is did you guys see the Landers commercial yet? Or yeah. the Landers ad? I yeah, saw I that. Okay, so <laughs> people are on there and going, um, Landers, do you guys know how many air mattresses I could fit? And they go, oh, it depends on the brand. Yep. The Magellan, uh, yeah, you could do three. Three oh, so air funny. mattresses. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, but But my whole deal is... I feel bad for the bar. I really do feel bad for the folks that own Ernie's because you yeah. know that, you know, it it was bad security all around mm-hmm. that let it happen. I could see it. I could see it happening, but to the level it went to was mm-hmm. just really, really bad. Well, tell Ernie's if y'all know them for a small fee, I'll come out and dance on an air mattress. Oh, no. Ma'am. Bam. They want to clear the club, Bam. don't they? So they want to bring people into the club. Oh. It's, like, I would join you, right? Oh, then, God. Listen, no, I'm kidding. There's no air mattress that can hold all this. Like, I I just, I, I wouldn't even offend myself with it. It'd be flat. It would, be, it would be. It would lose a lot of air fast. Imagine. Well, I'm. I'm glad. I. You know. It's a. Y'all are doing crazy things. This is not my generation doing you know. this. We did our own thing. I do have a question though. Go. Uh, I am going out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Y'all have an air mattress. I could borrow. Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, 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 gotcha. yeah. Like what kind of brand? Yeah, I, I don't even know. Old all this. I, <laughs> I slept on it from 19 to 21. So oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, answer yeah. is no. So yep. that thing's durable. Oh yeah. That thing's. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm trying to find a man. Think of the. Like, you know, when they describe me, they're like, you know, and she shows up with her own air mattress. Like, who doesn't want that? Thank you, Chica. Have fun. <laughs> 7FM. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. I've got uh, Scott Hughes in for Mike today. Um, and if you're listening and you were planning to hear Sheriff Steve Prater and John Nicholson at this time today, um, that is not scheduled until Monday. Well, I reckon I could give my best attempt at it. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, we well, had Steve that in. pisses me off. Yeah. Mike and I had Steve in last week for an extended interview. Oh, and you're going to yeah. have him Monday, I hope, for an extended interview. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. That yeah. should be must-hear radio. By the way, we are having um, Senator John Kennedy reached out to us, and he wanted to do um, a full 30 minutes taking questions from listeners. So we want to have Steve Prater interview John Kennedy. <laughs> That'd be That'd good. Be that would radio. be good. That would be good. So that is coming up Tuesday in the eight o'clock hour. But our phone system is not real good for these conference calls, so we can't put you on the phone with him. But we want your questions for Senator Kennedy on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. So all you have to do is download the Keel app. It's real easy to do. And then it just has a little message button. Send us a message with your question for Senator Kennedy. We'll get as many in as we can on Tuesday between 8. He's agreed to be with us between 8 and 8.40. So you, you have a big fishbowl of questions, and you're just going to reach over and grab one and read it to the Senate. Absolutely. I told him, I said, we'll just randomly pull whoever's asking questions. But here's my message between myself and John Nicholson Monday. After we spoke on the phone, we talked about doing an interview. John Nicholson, former Report City Councilman, mm-hmm. now rumored to be running for sheriff. Yep. He said, Aaron, how about some time Monday morning for me and Sheriff Prater to join you? I said, yep, that's great. Is 710 good? He said, yep, that works for us. Somewhere in the middle of all that, my brain turned it into Friday, that it was going to be Friday. So we've been saying that that interview was coming up today, and I texted Mr. Nicholson. Thank goodness I texted him yesterday, and I said, just a heads up, Mike is off tomorrow. I get you all to myself. And he said, looking forward to seeing you Monday. Thanks again. And he called me and said, this is Monday. So that is Monday, the 7 o'clock hour. Steve Prater, John Nicholson in studio. Um, Find out what's going on. Got just got off the phone with Senator Greg Tarver. I've been texting all of our state reps and senators and all that to find out the vote on a veto override session. The deadline was midnight last night. The, the law says that when when the session's over, they shall automatically go into a veto session to address the bills that the governor may have over have vetoed, mm-hmm. and then they have to return a piece of paper that they will or will not attend. Yes. And if they can't get a quorum, then the veto session is canceled, but it's automatically called. And you've heard that maybe a lot of those flips got returned. Yep. It looks like they have. Spoke to Senator Tarver just a few moments ago, and he said it's not official yet, but what he's hearing from his leadership is that they're going into special session. Did I tell you noon Tuesday? Is that what he said? He said Tuesday. And then we have seen some reports, not confirmed, no sources yet out of South Louisiana, where there are a few media stations reporting the same thing now. Mm -hmm. Noon on Tuesday. It's not official until you see what? They're going to have to get it out from the uh, the clerks of the Senate and the House. Um, He vetoed how many bills? The governor vetoed 20 bills or something like that? We think 25. Okay. Which ones become... You know, are the real subject of this veto override session. It's the LGBTQ stuff, isn't it? I think there's three. There's 25 bills he technically vetoed. I think there's three that mm-hmm. they're concerned about. Now, that doesn't mean there's only three they're going to vote on or only three that may be overridden. Once they get in session, politics takes over. Okay. Sometimes a rolling stone picks up speed going downhill. Mm-hmm. So there may be some other bills they they, they 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 get the courage to go after, but there's three. And they're referred to as the um, LGBTQ bills. And um, those are 
from a political sense, they're interesting in that the governor has strongly stood his position for years on these bills. Mm-hmm. And he may, he, he's a smart man. He can count votes. He may get beat on this. Yeah. But as a term limited governor, he's determined he's going to veto those and stand on principle, which he's done. Right. Principle he believes in. They may have two thirds in both houses, and that's the standard. They have to come back into the session, and it takes two thirds of each house to overturn. And that's where it gets tricky, because you have to have cross party lines to to, to defeat this, this mm-hmm. governor. Because in the House, they have two thirds in the Senate. They, they being Republicans, right? Um, in the House, they don't quite have two thirds. They sit right at that threshold, maybe one or two votes short. But the bills passed with the, the enough votes, and that so. becomes the test, lit, the mm-hmm. litmus test. A lot of these bills pass with ninety votes, a hundred yeah. votes out of a uh, hundred five. So these bills have some strong cross aisle support. But then you get back into a veto, veto session, and even on the principle, oftentimes. The, the the party of the governor, in this case, it's the Democrats. He's mm-hmm. the sitting governor, the Democrat party. They often are going to toe the line to support their governor. Right. And, um, and so that's why most watchers think the three bills that deal with the social issues um, are the ones that have the most chance. Now, once they get going, there are other bills. He vetoed a random bill here. He went through House Bill 1 with a scalpel. Yes, you know, he did. And, and mm-hmm. took on some things. And, you know, I don't know that they have the cross-aisle support to go after a lot of these other things. Yeah. Um, there were some, there were some, there's some bad taxes on the books that, 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 sure. you know, that there's some things that they could come back and attack. We'll see what he does. When we get back, um, let me let Scott Hughes be John Nicholson for a minute. Because if you were tuning in to hear John Nicholson uh, and Sheriff Steve Prater, I got a few questions for Mr. Nicholson. And I'll do I want to do them, though, before he comes on the air? I don't want to give him a preview of it, do I? Or do I just want to uppercut him? Well, uh, let's talk about Nicholson and the sheriff's race. How about that? I just want one of the stop mattresses. I don't even know what that was. <laughs> I oh, I know. Mattresses. Oh, I know. Shut down yeah. mattresses in Shreveport. Air mattresses. <laughs> make them illegal. Come on, somebody, wow. make them illegal. <laughs> no, we can we can talk. I really don't want to get out ahead of. Um, yeah, I got to be you. honest. I we, we think we know what he's going to say uh, on yeah. Monday, but we yeah. really don't even know what they're going to say. On right. Monday. We will see what happens. One hundred and one. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Mike is out. My friend Scott Hughes is here. Here to celebrate Bastille Day. Oh, is it Bastille Day? July fourteenth, Bastille Day. Happy Bastille Day. Okay. What the hell did am you... I doing at work? <laughs> yeah, did you bring cake? <laughs> Let them eat cake. <laughs> No, no, you don't eat cake on Bastille yeah, Day. Yeah, you don't eat cake on Bastille Day. No, okay. we are celebrating the removal of cake, Yeah, I, think. I know. I think you're right. Um, if you're tuning in to hear John Nicholson and Steve Prater today, it's all my fault. It was not Ruben's fault. Um, I screwed up the dates. I'm, I'm just an idiot and um, didn't read the word Monday, clearly. Um, Nicholson and Prater will be joining us in the 7 o'clock hour on Monday. I apologize for the screw up. If you're tuning in to listen to him now, it's um, not a screw up. It's building the anticipation. I guess Monday's it is. Show will be. I guess great. it is. I mean, the rumor has been out. We ha- we heard uh, Jeff Sato say that John Nicholson looks to be running for sheriff. We've heard other people say Nicholson looks to be running for sheriff. 
Um, well, you were you were on vacation, and Mike and I, I came in and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and, and sat with Mike, and we had Stephen for an hour on July 3rd. He sat mm-hmm. right here in the chair, and um, you could tell at that day, and, and we talked on air, we did not sense his pulling out was any kind of game, that right. it was sincere based on, he didn't have any internal candidates, you know, because of the residency requirement and mm-hmm. everything, and, 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 and for the record, that day on air, he was kind of pushing Craig Smith. You know, an attorney, I heard that. an attorney friend that had run against him before. So for those that think this is some setup, a week ago, he thought Craig Smith might be a good candidate. And he mentioned some other names, Jim mm-hmm. Roberts, some other folks. Okay. We knew that Eric Hatfield's likely going to run. We know that the Chief Whitehorn is, is, um, is, it was, was already in the race. So now in the last, you know, week, 10 days, th- this name has come out. Mm-hmm. What, obviously the Nicholson hurdle is no law enforcement. How big an issue is that for the general public? I don't know that it's as big an issue for the general public as as people in the law enforcement community think. I, um, and, and what's interesting is that day when Steve was here, I asked Steve if he, you know, his thoughts about the job. Because mm-hmm. when you really understand what a sheriff does, we all have this. We all have this image of you know the the high noon showdown, the big western sheriff, and and, and a lot of sheriffs do that. But technically, the sheriff is big part administrator. Mm-hmm. You know, you are administrating a large operation. You run a jail. You are the tax collector. That's Steve didn't want to talk about that part at all. But right, I mean, right. But the biggest part of the, being the, the sheriff, quite frankly, is you collect the taxes. You deal with the property transfers. You provide the security. And so there are different ways to go. You see sheriffs all over the country. Um, some don't even wear the uniform. Steve's a uniform-wearing sheriff. Mm-hmm. You go over to Bossier, Julian Whittington, some days has a uniform, some days doesn't. You know, Some sheriffs in this country never wear a uniform. They're not post-certified. That's the key. Are you post-certified? Okay. That's that's a, that's a certification for for gun toting badge wearing you know sheriffs. Mm-hmm. So um, that's something for the public to understand. What type of sheriff do they want? Is that you know? Are there other sheriffs around the state who are lawyers? I mean, and I don't even think Nichols. And I know I may be speaking out of turn. He can tell us Monday. I don't even really think he's a criminal attorney. I don't think he's a criminal attorney, and and I think that's probably a plus. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, a criminal attorney, you, you have some understanding of the criminal process. But one of the other things Steve talked about, and one of the reasons he may be walking away besides his health, is, and I'll put it in my terms, I heard that Steve's tired of walking up to crime scenes. Mm. Steve's been walking up to crime scenes for 50 years. For those yeah. that don't know, he was a chief of police. He was a detective. He mm-hmm. came to the, the ranks. Um, Hazel Beard appointed him police chief years and years ago. And then later he becomes the sheriff. And so he's been, and I use the term walking up to crime scenes for years. And, and what it really reflects is he's been a part of only one part of the process. Uh, when okay. you're the sheriff, you are really a part of, a part of investigation, arrest, and then to, to, to a degree, incarceration. Yes. Because you run the jail, you at least hold the prisoners. Mm-hmm. But what you're not a part of is prosecution. One more question, our last minute here. How important is it that Prater appears to be holding Nicholson's hand, walking him over to the donors, getting those checks for him? I mean, that has to be critical here, right? I think Steve's Prater, Steve Prater's endorsement will go a long way in this race. He he said when he was here last week, ask yourself why the two guys who've already announced they're running against me before I got out of the race are running against me. Mm-hmm. They want to change the department. They wanted to replace me. 
So I think Nicholson getting in the race, and maybe to a degree anybody else getting in now, you know, are they the change the department or are they the continue the department? Because one thing that I think's fair to say politically, and I'm the analyst, is no one really has had a problem with this report, the, the cattle pair sheriff's department. There's not been a lot of, a lot of, um, um, scandals or complaints about the sheriff's department. And I made this comment last week. I'll make it again. In my opinion, sheriff's departments across the country are one of the most well-respected law enforcement. People will go after their city police. Yeah. There are some state police in there that have run into problems, but sheriff's departments are good. And I think Prater's looking for who can take, not that he can control, but who will take his department and make it better. Gotcha. Justin Dixon, North Louisiana Economic Partnership. We might have some big time news that is coming up. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Mike off. Scott Hughes is in for Mike. Thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Friday. Mm-hmm. Did we warm up the seat yet for uh, Justin Dixon? Oh, I think that seat is red hot. <laughs> and I think he's ready to tell us what he can tell us. He is president and CEO of the North Louisiana Economic Partnership. The governor's coming to town today. Uh, you'll be there. You have bells on. I heard them twinkling. Um, everybody's here for some big announcement. I got an invitation. Yeah, you're going to be there? Well, we're investors in NLEP. It's okay. a great Absolutely. No, we've got great news. I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but I'm a military police veteran, and I'm here to announce my candidacy. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, Paul Elio will be there, and he's ramping up his new electric car, and it's a go. I'll tell you this. We will manufacture air mattresses for monkeys before we build three-wheel vehicles out there. He wins. He wins. No, he wins. That is not going to happen today. No, it has nothing to do with Elio. Zero. Does it have anything to do with a car manufacturer? No. Does it have anything? To, here we go. He can't yeah. tell me a lot yet. Yeah, but he's not going to answer those questions. You know that. Let me start with what it does. But, but what I, is I think it, does? it is important that it does not have anything to do with Elio. This is, right. this is Correct. Good News Friday. The and it's not automotive. In. Correct. But okay. Let's start with this. From what it is, which you're probably not going to tell us a lot before it's this afternoon, how many jobs? What's mm-hmm. the impact? Right. Let's start with that. So so you've seen it's been released. We released our, our invite today. And uh, we're looking at about 600 jobs. Uh, you know, substantial pay. I don't want to get out in front of the announcement too much, and but you can find all this. Uh, substantial pay, substantial company. This is a real company. We've heard and of so, this and company these are before. Manufacturing companies. Have I probably heard of this company? Probably before? so. Yeah, I, okay. I've heard. I've heard six hundred jobs north of fifty, sixty thousand dollars annual plus benefits. Would that be fair to say that's in the ballpark? Uh, and that would be fair to say that's all over every news organization mm-hmm. this morning. So, Justin, and we're to, uh, Justin Dixon, North Louisiana Economic Partnership President, CEO. Um, people don't remember when G- GM opened in nineteen eighty one. They opened with twelve hundred jobs. It wasn't the thousands of jobs that people want to talk about. And when they closed in 2012, it was 800 jobs. So if you're talking 600 jobs, you're talking about half the impact from GM. Now, ultimately, GM created a lot of other companies. This could do the same. C- correct, correct. We, uh, you know, it's kind of like the announcement that we did a couple of months back with Prolect GE growing. Uh, they wouldn't be growing here if they weren't successful. 
when we get these companies here, and it's hard to get them here. Uh, when we do, we have to make sure they're successful. And if they're successful, they will grow here. And so you're exactly right. Our intent is not to stop at whatever the job count is. Our intent is to get them here, make sure they're successful, and grow from there. And to be clear, you're not going to announce the company. We're going to stop asking. <laughs> but it is going to be located at the GE facility. And GM. The GM the GM yeah. facility. And that mm-hmm. facility is, I guess, still jointly owned in a manner by the, the parish. And there's an agreement there? Yeah, correct. Uh, you know, technically, it's still owned by the parish and the IDB. Uh, uh, IRG, who's been a partner with us mm-hmm. through this process, uh, has a lease. With, with, and it has control of it and the right to purchase. So. So, so this new company, these 600 jobs, will be located at the old GM factory in West Shreveport. And my understanding is, because we've been talking jobs, there's already other things out there. They're Absolutely. not going to replace those. So this isn't a, they're not taking over the whole factory. They're going to use part of it and the other stuff's going to stay. Because y'all made some nice announcements in the last six months. Correct. There. Correct. Correct. Uh, we announced a company that unfortunately spelled their name with a little, Th- Thysen, little T. Thysenheimer or whatever. Good gosh. <laughs> Uh, but, but yes, there's but other they, things going on. This is, this is not in place of. This what percentage of the plant are they, will they use? Uh, we'll let that go in the announcement day, but it'll be a substantial amount. Okay. A, a substantial and amount. And, you know, that facility out there is about 3.4 million square feet. Mm-hmm. Like Amazon, you know, we, we got the announcement a while back and we're still waiting on the jobs. Is this going to be quicker than that? I mean, they'll start hiring pretty quick. <laughs> One would hope. Uh, <laughs> obviously that's with our, negotiations and, and talking with them and and i can assure you uh this will probably ramp up quick with, with, with the amazon they're largely a service center and right. so theirs was going to be just getting workers and then with, with this is it going to require a type of worker is our area got the industry training are there partnerships or is it, are people going to be job ready when they come in here right um you know with any of the big projects that we work very you're going to have a certain percentage of the workforce that are job ready. Uh, but most of them are going to need some kinds of, of skilling up. And and luckily we have a great program across the state and locally to do that. And so, uh, yeah, some people might know what to do, but a lot, most of them will be trained up to a specific skill. But, you know, we're talking about advanced manufacturing jobs. Well, and that, that's where I was headed because I'm really encouraged if it's a job that's going to maybe rehire some of our skilled labor that we have and actually build skilled labor. I think one thing I, I worry about is a, a service-based sector economy that mm-hmm. can be moved right. anywhere. But if we develop a, an industry that's skill-based, I think that uh, you could comment, but I think that, that that improves the viability of our community. You know, uh there's a gentleman that was the plant manager for Frymaster, uh, Mark Lanier, and he was he was great. And we would put him in front of companies when we were trying to recruit him because he was a manufacturer. And we, we'd like to recruit manufacturing. They're better paying jobs. And one of the companies asked him, point blank, are you going to be mad if I bring in 500 jobs here in your backyard? <laughs> Did not bat an eye. He said, absolutely not. He said, you know, the, the best days we had as plant managers when we were, was when we had a car manufacturer, when we had Western Bell, mm-hmm. you know, when we had a Prolet going real tight. Uh, he goes, we didn't have to worry about finding people. They found us. And, and that's what we want to grow this back to is mm-hmm. a manufa- advanced manufacturing community with well-paying jobs. If you have to point to uh, three things, why they picked Shreveport, yeah. Shreveport Bossier. I mean, what were the big questions they had of you, and what were the big big items that drew them here? Right. Well, <laughs> if I don't say my team, they're going to shoot me mm-hmm. uh, because we were on the phone 
all Friday night, all Saturday, all Sunday, and last night till nine o'clock working to wow. put this thing to bed. Uh, but it's a collaborative effort. I, I, you know, pointing to three things that's going to be tough. But you know, without the help of our elected officials, without the help of IRG, without the help of NLAP, without the help of LED, we can't do these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back to your specific question, you know. We are in a geographically perfect location mm-hmm. to manufacture and distribute products. You know, I saw an article the other day that said three states within six hours, I mean, excuse me, three cities within six hours of here, I'm not going to give them any airtime, mm-hmm. are going to be the new three biggest cities in the country by 2070. Wow. Which are in the top five. Yeah. But the wow. three, think about that. And they're all going to be within six hours of here. Mm-hmm. Um, we are poised. We are in a great spot to, to make things. We have a great workforce. Uh, you know, you can talk to Prolet. You can talk to Bentler Steels having a great year. You can talk to Frymaster, and they'll all tell you they're very successful and they're having great runs because of their workforce. What other cities were in the running? Uh, can't tell you that. But there were, uh, we, there, we, there we, were others. We're always competing against other areas. We don't okay. talk yeah. about losers. <laughs> Absolutely. This is winning Friday. Absolutely. Uh, but what did we, what was the cherry on top of our deal? If you could, if you could say this did it for us. This oh. was the final. Do they love Tom Arsenault? Yeah. Do they love you? I'm sure they do. At least on one of those. <laughs> um, you know, it's a three-legged stool every time you do these mm-hmm. projects. Uh, great incentives don't make a bad project great. It won't do that. Incentives make a good project great. Uh, the actual facility, you know, you hear me talk about site development all the time. Uh, we had a site, and and we were able to to show that site and work with the owners of that site, IRG. Uh, and then it was tenacity. It was mm-hmm. staying on it. And when it would get off the rails, you'd get it back on the rails. And that happened several times. What's the typical employee for this company? Who, who Somebody that's listening that's like, I might be interested. What do I need to bring to the table? Uh, somebody that's interested in taking home about $3,700 a month after taxes. Uh, if you're interested, you know, reach out. All the connectivity will be there going online. They'll be working with Fast Start. Because um, I did the numbers. That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. So if you've got a family of, you know, $3,700, that's a house note. That's paying the bills. If two people in that same house are working there, you're close to eight thousand dollars. These are these are livable when do, salaries. When do these jobs start? What's your hope? We're going to let the company talk about that. Okay. Uh, my hope is ASAP, as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll let the company talk about that later on today. But. Does this company have ten plus operations across the country, or a couple, or I mean, give me an idea of how big. Is it, is it bigger than a bread box? Yeah. Smaller than a bread bread truck? Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> This is not his first. Relationship. I know he, he's he's not bad at this. He's not bad. Do they have other operations in the South? Oh, I'm sure this is. These, listen, this is a mega company. Okay, you know uh, that's why we're so excited about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, this is not a startup by any means. This is a, a company that's been successful over the years, and we plan on them being successful here in Shreveport, Caddo. What's going to have to be done at the GM plant to make them happy? Uh, you know, anytime you're dealing with a facility, you're going to have tenant improvements. And so uh, we're working with them to figure out exactly what that would be. Uh, we will be working with them. And uh, you'll have some construction going on out there, and uh, we'll get it however they need it. That's what our plan is. And who will be taking care of all of that? Is that part parish? Is that part, I mean, what's the, this part state? So, you know, a lot of times you'll have the developer 
will run point on that, okay. uh, the developer as well as the company. The company will peel off parts that they'll do themselves. The mm-hmm. developer will provide a, 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 a tenant-ready facility, and so it'll be a lot of different people working on that. Justin Dixon, North Louisiana Economic Partnership. New company coming to town. I've heard they make mattresses, air mattresses. Is that it? That's not it? <laughs> for monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, look forward to the announcement. Thanks for so much for coming in. This is an exciting day. This is a great day for Caddo Shreveport, and we are going to celebrate. Absolutely. Sure. Congratulations, and thanks for all your hard work. Thank you. Appreciate the support. You Thank bet. You. 1017. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. God, I forgot to ask him a question. I hate that when I do that. You tried. You asked. I, you asked who it was everywhere you. Could. Yeah, he's a professional. He, yeah, and I know Justin's great at what he does. Um, of those six hundred jobs, though, I wonder if a percentage of them are going to come from out of market. I mean, are these going to be, or do you think it's going to be? It sounded like we have a good job force. He was talking about a local job forces, but I wonder if some of them will have to be piped in. Well, and, and you know, we had the same question when Amazon came in. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd get the same answer. I think initially they're going to bring in some people that know how to run whatever it is they're going to make or build. Right. Um, it's, what I heard him say is, we it sounds like we have a pretty good market labor match. That mm-hmm. We may have some people here that are underemployed or have that skill set, but then we're long term we're going to have to build a pipeline to to funnel workers into that factory. What does it mean from a? Uh, I mean, your your main job is in is the head of the local real estate association. Um, when you have six hundred new jobs in a community that are paying sixty grand, that could be six hundred homes purchased from you know trickle down to everything else. I mean, that is a monster shot in the arm for a community, correct? Oh, this this is a huge announcement if you run the Realtor Association. Let's start with, yes, they're going to probably bring some people in this community. Management, some some people that come in that know what they're doing. So instantly we're going to see a slight increase. We're going to see maybe a hundred, couple hundred people come in the market. Mm-hmm. But what you're really going to see in the exciting part of this job is you're going to see hundreds of families have an opportunity for what he, what he I mean, $60,000 a year with benefits is livable wages. Mm-hmm. So these are people that are going to be able to move up. They're going to be able to buy a bigger home, you know, perhaps. They're going to be able to do other things for their kids and their families. Um, and, and, and really, and yet you throw in Amazon and some other things, it, it, it not only will stabilize the market, it will grow the market. Because there's no company factory I know of that has 600 jobs that doesn't attract another supplier or another supplier. Um, and then you, you certainly, you get to a certain point now. And if I'm Justin Dixon, that's, that's who was in visiting with us in LEP. Now you got an Amazon center. Now you got this. Now mm-hmm. you got the, we can, none of us can say the other company that came in, Morton Thiokol, I, I Bison, Bison, yeah, whatever Corp. it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, while, while most of us don't look at this part of the industry and say, you know, cause we're looking at, oh, where's the big car factory? These are names that corporate America knows. These are names yeah. on the Fortune 500 company. Mm-hmm. These are names that are saying what he said, Shreveport is the distribution manufacturing place you want to be. That's cool. Real cool. Look at the GM plant right now, keelnews.com. I took a bunch of pictures yesterday. You can see what it looks like today, 1017 FM, 710.
1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Mike has today off. Let me introduce you to Blake Miguez, state representative, who is, you're the head honcho for the Republican caucus. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good. And you're going to, you're going to lead the charge if we go into an override session to override the governor's vetoes as many as you possibly can. I spoke with Senator Greg Tarver a few moments ago and he said it looks like, yes, there is going to be an override session beginning at noon on Tuesday. What do you know yet? Deadline was midnight for the votes to be in. Have they been counted? What's the status? So the process is all the members had until midnight to turn in a ballot to say if they did not want to go into the override session. As you know, the Constitution says that 40 days after the adjournment of the regular session ending, if the governor vetoes any bills, there's automatically a veto override session unless the majority of one chamber says they don't want to go back in. So members had until midnight last night to actually sign a piece of paper and say they don't want to go into a veto override session. So those ballots are collected by the president and the Senate who have already kind of peeked into the envelopes and did an informal count and said that we'll be coming back in for an override on Tuesday. But right now the clerks are going to actually officially count everything and probably put an official notice out in the next within the hour. So everything looks like we're going to be going back for an override session next week. And the main uh, topic there is the bills that deal with protecting our children. Um, one bill is very important, HB 648 by Representative Furman. And that bill basically restricts a physician from doing a sex change or gender mutilation on a minor, a child. And there's also bills, um, one from Representative Cruz, that requires public school teachers to use the actual pronoun or, or gender that's on their birth certificate when addressing them, the child. And there's another bill from um, Representative Horton, which stops public school teachers or school employees from having conversations about what your child's sexual preference may be or what their sexual preference may be. We want those teachers to focus on education and not indoctrination. So you think the the pretty much the bills that y'all would override most likely will be the bills that dealt with the LGBTQ issues, correct? Those are receiving the most attention being the fact that it deals with Louisiana's greatest asset, our children. Um, and it's really got folks back home and upset. I mean, these, these are bills that a lot of people in my district just believe that this should already be law. And they're asking me, what is the governor thinking vetoing this type of legislation? And I tend to agree with them. They just don't understand why we got to go back and argue with the governor over something that should be so simple, protecting our children. Now, keep in mind, there's a number of other bills that are important as well that are not getting that type of attention. Remember, there's 25 bills that were vetoed. And there's some of the legislation that deals with our crime problem, one by uh, Senator Cassie, that um, violent uh, 17-year-olds that conduct murder and, and you know, acts of high violence, they have the ability to charge them as an adult and put them in an adult prison. As you know, we we have we don't have a lot of capacity to uh, keep juveniles in jail, and they're releasing murderers right back on the streets. So we're trying to tackle that problem. As you know, our election process is very important. Representative Boyer had a bill that would stop the Biden administration from basically federalizing our election process, um, and that bill protects election integrity. There's another bill that was vetoed that would give teachers extra pay for working extra hours, um, doing um, jobs like coaching and, and things outside their normal duties. That got vetoed. I can go down a long list. There's a lot of yeah, I'm looking important at them now. bills on this. 
how schedule. Does, um, Blake, how does it work with regard to y'all go into session? Do you take them up one at a time, and and do you have a lot of discussion about them, or do you just say vote vote to override or not? Is that kind of how it's done? Well, generally the bill get brought up in the, uh, where the author is. So if the chamber, the chamber, if it's the house, if it's a house bill, the override of that bill will start there and it'll be initiated by the author. We have a, we're going to have a call today to, to talk about the, you know, the real fine details of the process, but it's my understanding that those bills may get brought up in the order of which they were vetoed. It's also my understanding that you, you only get one shot. So you get one opportunity to override the governor. It's not like trying to pass a piece of legislation where you can amend it or change it. It'll come up. If it's a house bill, uh, it'll come up in the house. The members will vote. It will require a, a two-thirds supermajority. Mm-hmm. So in the house, that's 70 votes in the Senate. That is uh, 20 vote. excuse me, 26 votes. It's a, it's a super majority, not a majority. Mm-hmm. And then, so it, it, the minute it passes in the, uh, override would, um, pass in the, uh, let's say in the house, it would then move over to the Senate immediately and they could take the vote up the, um, as soon as the, they put it up on the calendar. So effectively you could override a bill on the same day. Okay. I, I think the session could last, uh, I have to go back and, and read the fine height of the Constitution. Uh, I can't remember if it's three or five days, but yeah. I only expect us to be in there one or two days, three at the most, but about, most likely about, one or two. Okay. What about bills like HB1, HB2, where he deleted specific lines in a veto? Um, y'all could go back and, and put those back in. Do you anticipate that possibly happening? There's some discussion there. As you know, if you, if you follow, um, you know, politics, so when those vetoes were made, a lot of those vetoes were made in conservative legislators' districts. And some of these vetoes are made just to punish legislators for being for things like protecting children. So if you have a, if you live in a district and you had a project that was a line item vetoed, you probably have a really good legislator because they're standing up for the things that matter most in Louisiana. We got a few of those up here, sir. We got a few of them up here that are, got pounded. Yes, and it's because it's because they're not uh, supportive of some of these crazy measures that are coming out of New Orleans and that the governor's supporting. They're they're standing up for the values and beliefs of their constituents back home. So if you're upset with the way Louisiana has been run by Governor Edwards and he vetoed one of your members, your your representatives or senators' bills, you probably got a good representative, a good senator, because hopefully this year we're elect a Republican governor who has the same views and ideology as a majority of Louisiana, and we can get this state off the bottom ranking. I mean, we're, I think we got ranked 49th mm. recently for a business environment. Right. But to go back to your question, um, you can't override every one of those line item vetoes. Now, the question I have to talk to the clerk about, do you, do you make the vetoes per line item, or do you or do you make the veto in Globo? Because I'm, 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 I'm referring to the, the lawmakers cut $100 million from LDH. The governor vetoed the cut and restored the hundred million back, so y'all could go back. That that y'all could technically go back and say we're overriding this veto. Therefore, the cut of a hundred million is going to stand. Is that one you yeah, think y'all look, take up? It's possible. Look, just to clarify, I know I know it's been reported that LDH has been cut a hundred million dollars. LDH requested one hundred and ninety-four more million dollars than they did last year, and their budget is who God it's. It's a multiple, multiple billions of dollars. It's a huge budget. Mm-hmm. And with LDH, when they presented their budget, they did not calculate for the fact that this year, I think it's the middle of the year, the federal government will no longer give the extra incentive to 
make sure that all these extra people are on Medicaid on eligibility. So they're going to probably knock off three to four hundred thousand people off the Medicaid expansion rolls because the government was not the federal government won't be paying for it anymore, and they're going to require them to go back to the original standards. But remember, we pay ten percent state pays of every person that's on Medicaid. So there's going to be what they calculated was a hundred and fifty-seven million dollar saving. So the legislature looked at that and said, "Look, we'll cut a hundred. Or he, he, I'm even using the word cut now. We'll reduce the increase by a hundred million dollars and only give that mm-hmm. ninety-four million instead of a hundred and ninety-four million because we think they're going to save a hundred and fifty-seven million. So I think that was probably the reasoning behind reducing the increase to LDH. But look, even if let's say let's say that's not the case, and you had to reduce a hundred million out of LDH's budget." That is such a small fraction. I can tell you they likely waste that much money per year. If it if it went into a suitcase and disappeared, they probably wouldn't notice their gotcha. budget is so large. Gotcha. I mean, it's, it's billions of dollars. That's money that could be used uh, in my particular area. And, and I know your listeners uh, yeah. are from the northern part of the state, but Highway 90, I can I can do all of Highway 90 in, in two or three parishes. Mm-hmm. We got a bridge uh, we we'd like to get done, that's for sure. Exactly, in your area, bridge for $100 million. This is real dollars here mm-hmm. to be prioritized in the proper manner. But look, you brought up you brought up vetoes. What about the fact that conservative legislators pushed for $691 million of um, retirement debt payments that would save 7.25% interest? The governor vetoed one of those payments, which was, I don't have the exact number, about $125, $150 million, yeah. $75 million. He vetoed that out of the budget. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. We're talking about reducing the deficit in the future so our new Republican governor can be successful. Our new governor can enact policies that keep our kids living here in Louisiana and not moving to Texas or Mississippi. I hear the duck, I hear, yeah, I hear the ducks quacking from that lame duck down there. So we got to take a break though. But Blake Miguez, I can't thank you enough for your time. And, uh, please let me know as soon as you get the final word that it's a go. Uh, it looks like Tuesday at noon. Y'all will be gathered back up. Thanks for your time, sir. We'll, we'll do that. Thank you so much. And, and, and keep, uh, have you listeners keep us in the legislature and their thoughts and prayers that God bless the great state of You bet. Thank you so much. 1017 FM. mean got these little inside jokes i don't know what you're talking about 1017 fm 710 keel scott hughes in for mike today and i did you buy me something on amazon prime day on amazon prime day i bought you a monkey and an air mattress <laughs> oh lord i had it delivered to a club i thought i heard you went there on monday nights no it's not me it wasn't me the video's blurry <laughs> No, I'm, I do not. For those that know me, I do not shop very often. Mm-hmm. I've been known to go to a Brookshire's or a Target or those types of stores, but my online shopping abilities are very challenged. Very challenged. Okay. I like to support local vendors. I don't like, I like to see it and touch it and know that that's what I want. Typically, I do that. I got caught up in the frenzy, as we all do sometimes. Apparently and record day for Prime Day. Oh, gosh. I hadn't seen the numbers. Was it like a crazy... I hadn't seen the numbers. I just heard him talking about that it, it was a it was a record day for Prime Day, and I guess now the brown boxes are going to start growing when the rain comes in the next couple of days on porches. So if you oh, bought yeah. stuff, I would encourage you 
really be careful because the porch pirates so will go shopping in a few days. Oh, they absolutely will. By the way, you can put your vegetative stuff out, and that would include your Amazon boxes, right? That could be included as vegetative stuff. I don't think so. It's not? <laughs> oh, my bad. I don't it's, know. It's wood. It's paper. I don't know. I don't know if that counts. Because <laughs> those debris trucks are going to start rolling. We hadn't seen them yet, but this is a new company. Not a new company, but we hired a company out of Houston. Going to come in and start picking up everything starting Monday. Yeah, they contracted one of the companies, I believe, that always comes in and helps clean up after the hurricanes. These are professionals. They're going to make three sweeps, as I'm told. Um, the whole city, three sweeps. This is And this is the city of Shreveport. Bozier, mm-hmm. some of the other municipalities around Haunt and Benton, they'll take care of themselves. But for the, the big metropolitan, Benton, um, Shreveport will start really addressing this the rest of the month. Mm-hmm. After uh, the news, 830, we're going to talk a little bit more about the big announcement today that's coming up this afternoon, 2 o'clock. We understand the governor is going to be here. There are a lot of other uh, muckety-mucks that will be here. Allegedly. We learn later that's not exactly confirmed. And we can't Mm. say the governor is coming yet. but Maybe. Yeah, maybe he's going to be here. probably headed this way. We're not sure. Probably. Is he coming in on the chopper, I wonder? I, I don't know how he would come up. I don't, I'm not sure. You know, if it's my last year as governor, I'm flying in the chopper everywhere. There's a lot of space to land out at the GM factory. <laughs> I'd is. come in by helicopter. Yeah, absolutely. Although we are, we are going to have hot air balloons all over. So oh, maybe the absolutely. So not the safest thing right yeah, now. Yeah, it might not be a, th- a safe Balloon thing. Balloon festival this weekend. Yes, absolutely. 1017 FM, 7 Tom. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, Mike out, Scott Hughes is in. Um both of you, Ruben, Scott, um, I was talking to a friend the other day and I made I made just a random comment and she said, Oh my God, where's your southern card? Because I need to cut it up. You can no longer be from the South. <laughs> and what I said was, and so I'm wondering if you guys can keep your Southern card. What I said was I was talking about I needed to get some, you know, some chicken breast or whatever for my salads. And um, she said, well, why don't you just get a whole chicken and bake the chicken and then you can. I said, I've never baked. I'm saying it again out loud. I've never baked a whole chicken. Oh, wow. Never. And I'm that's like you lose your southern card if you can if you can't say you've baked a chicken. Okay. Who knew that? So you're concerned about losing your southern card to a woman who used the word baked where I'm from, that is not even a cooking tool. It is deep fried. Deep fried. So my answer fried is or no, nothing. I've never baked a whole chicken, but we've fried some of the things. Yeah, I've fried chicken, obviously, but I've never, I, this is even more embarrassing. I've never bought a whole chicken. Wow. I've done a turkey. You don't buy them. You go out in the backyard to catch them. You snap oh, the neck, no. Off, you throw it in the deep fryer, and you have no so my southern card is gone. I got to bake a chicken to get it back, I guess. You know, it's also pretty easy to to fit a whole chicken in a just in a crock pot and let it let it sit for a while and then that way it's it's super easy to debone after that. Oh, you that does sound good. You take a forks and you're you're good. Okay. You know what's easier than that? Want. What? Southern classic. That's true. Get in <laughs> That's line. very true. Yeah. Get in the line. Yeah. Absolutely. When we get back, Scott's going to tell us who's coming to GM, how many jobs, what kind of widgets they make. He knows everything, right? I may go over three. <laughs> that is next. 101.
1017 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty. Mike off today. I've got Scott Hughes here. And we have a big announcement coming today, an economic development announcement for a Shreveport. Win for our community. Mm-hmm. It looks like it involves the GM plant, a portion of the plant, um, 600 jobs at a salary of 60 grand. Um, not auto related. Um, Justin Dixon was in earlier, said not auto related. It's not an auto manufacturer. We mm-hmm. know that. It is at the old GM plant. Yes. Um, and it does appear, I mean, we talk a lot politics, the community. It does appear to be a win, and it should give people some confidence that the systems do work. Mm-hmm. A Democratic governor with a Republican legislature, and in this case, a cattle commission that split 6-6, involving an entity that's the Cattle Parish Commission and the old, you know, whatever Elio was and how that worked out. They're going to make an announcement today that we hear 600 jobs Average salary, $60,000 plus benefits. It's not Elio. These people made this work. And, that and, they did. And we've been told behind the scenes that, that it, 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 these aren't easy deals. This, it this, was a this, leaning tower of Jenga for a while, it sounds like. This took people working together mm-hmm. constantly to the last minute. And, and and technically, it's not a done deal yet. I think the commission is doing something today. And then the, and we hear the governor's coming in. where We just can't say he's coming. But we hear he's coming in today for what will be a significant announcement for our community, we hope. The announcement's at 2 o'clock at the Remington downtown. They're not doing it at the plant. Remington Garage. The I Remington think. Garage, yeah. yeah. And... Um, it's going to be a big, you know, the company will be here, obviously, whatever company this is. How quickly they're going to hire, he wouldn't talk about that. He said, we're going to leave that up to the company. But he did say there does need to be some improvements made out at the plant. Because I was out there yesterday, and it's in, it's not in great shape. I mean, I didn't go in, obviously, but I the the outside, there's a lot of, you know, you need some lipstick on the pig right now is, yeah. is kind of what I would say. It sounds like this will be what we call a short to midterm ramp up. It won't be three or four years. This is pie in the sky that, you know, probably within a year, this will be up, up and running. Jobs will be there. Um, what, what we both kind of heard was these are, and I hate the terms, but these are kind of blue-collar jobs. These are guys that make things. Mm-hmm. He used the word manufacturing, and I think that's very important. And then the thought, and um, he being Justin Dixon with NLEP, and the other exciting point is he talked about, and this is another huge win to go with some others we've had recently about the value of our location, the value of our infrastructure, 4920, the port, the things that we have that, that residents may take for granted because we don't see it, but business looks at it and says, you have a great location. Yeah. You got water, you got the port, you got, and he talked, he used a term I haven't heard yet. He said that they believe in the next 10 years, three of the largest cities in the, in the country, but we will be within six hours of us. Wow. And that's obviously Houston and Dallas. They're mm-hmm. already two top five cities. Sure. And so there's another city. I don't know if it's Nashville. I don't know if it's Memphis mm-hmm. and Kansas City. I don't know what it is, New Orleans, but, but they expect that one, that we are in the, in the bullseye of a distribution manufacturing center. And this is great news. The, the plant obviously has that monster rail. Uh, service right there to the north of the plant. There's, I was out there yesterday, and I, I think I counted like eight railroad tracks. So it's got everything. Rail access is huge. That plant's always had it. It was built at mm-hmm. the height of the rail with with the cars would cut, roll in and roll out. It's like I say, it's got it's got the loop going around to twenty to forty nine. It's got twenty. Just a great location. And if you're just new to this General Motors deal, it opened in eighty one with twelve hundred jobs. Used to make pickup trucks. Mm-hmm. It, it, it shut down in twenty twelve at making the Hummers, <laughs> right? With uh, eight hundred jobs. So this is almost comparable 
to GM, not quite at its heyday, but it's, you know, it's hundreds of jobs like GM did. But we hear people say the thousands of jobs at GM. It never had thousands. It had those trickle-down jobs with battery plants and people that made parts for the GM that that all popped up around our community. ATTGE factory had thousands of jobs. Mm-hmm. That's the one that had six, seven, eight thousand jobs. Right. Um, and this one had, had the spinoff factories. The other important thing I heard him say, we asked him, you did a great job interviewing him. Um, he said that this is an addition to everything else going on out there. There are other people already using parts of that facility mm-hmm. and that is that is not going to stop so this is using other parts of the facility um and he pointed out that is like a four million square foot facility oh it's huge so it is vital to get it back online and this sounds like it's a good thing and um, we'll wait and we'll see i guess monday you and mike um we'll, 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 can, can can break that down on monday mm-hmm. when you have the sheriff and john nicholson in yes the sheriff and john nicholson 10 past 7 on monday in studio we will be doing that on monday and we'll talk more about this plant uh, big big news two o'clock today is the news conference of course we'll have all the details at keelnews.com soon as they give us the official word 101 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. My friend Scott Hughes is here, and you're about to go enjoy a nice, beautiful vacay. That's so awesome. Every now and then, people mm-hmm. are entitled to take a little time off. I'm excited for you. I'm going to be enjoying a lifelong vacay um, after tonight. Um, Mega Millions is $560 million, and I'm going to win that tonight. Hot tub facing east. Oh, absolutely. Is that one of your requirements? Yeah, on the corner. Yeah. Corner unit. And then tomorrow night I'm going to win the Powerball. It's going to be the first time ever someone has won them both back-to-back. Tomorrow it's $875 million. All I will say is that my realtor friends along the Gulf Coast are rooting for you. <laughs> how, how much of an irritant really is that? I really, I really go look at their sites, but some of them you have to log in. You know, to see their listings, which mm-hmm. is a stupid idea. Will you please tell your realtor friends, don't make me give email addresses if they want me to go look at their properties. It's the dumbest thing ever. How many times have you done it? Mm-hmm. The defense rests. <laughs> but then I'm pestering them with me. No chance of ever buying that condo except, you know, minuscule chance. And now they're going to send me information over and over again. And a few of them have actually got my phone number, so they want to call me. Stop calling me. I'll call you if I win. But I know I'm a pain in the butt to them because they consider me a lead still, don't they? A lead's a lead. When you're in sales, a lead's a lead. I now, am the leakiest lead of, of ever, ever. You're what we would call an unqualified lead. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lead's a lead. And a lot of this stuff's automated, and so um, they never know. Though you, you you might hit lightning in a bottle. You might win one of those two deals, and the and one who's been happens, the nicest, and yeah, they want to want to want to be your friend. But the one who's pestered me the most will never get my business. Never in a million years. I would go. I would call them and go, "Who's your biggest competitor?" And they would say, "The Hughes Agency." Thank you. I'm going to go buy a house from the Hughes Agency because y'all are pests. Am I unreasonable? A little bit. I refuse to answer that question. I'm sitting with an arm's length of you, so I'm not going to. 
You're a lovely woman. So tonight is Mega Millions. Tomorrow is Powerball. Good luck to you if you buy your tickets. I can't thank you enough for coming in. We'll get the final word on the um, override session. We think it's a go for Tuesday. Mm -hmm. We think they're going to take a shot at overriding. There's 25 bills. We think they're going to really try for three of them, the social bills with LGBTQ. Just you and I talked about this. They've only overridden the Louisiana governor twice in history. Yes. Buddy Romer got overridden in 1991 on an anti-abortion bill, and they overrode um, John Bell Edwards in 2022, ironically, on the congressional district remapping, yep. which has now been ruled unconstitutional mm-hmm. by the U.S. Supreme Court. Right. So this would this would be the third time if they succeed. Wow. I, I anticipate they will on a couple of them. We will wait and see. Uh, looks like Tuesday at noon is when they go into session. The final word, the clerk's counting it. Can't thank you enough for being here. I appreciate it. And, and I'll be listening Monday when you have Steve. Steve Prater. And John Nicholson. John Nicholson. Just after 7, Ruben had to reschedule it because he goofed it up. That is coming up Monday. Hope you'll join us. 101.7 FM.